Welcome to Tap the Craft, an informational podcast about craft beer, targeting the everyday beer drinker. My name is Denny Luce, and joining me tonight is my partner in craft and drinking buddy, John Ream. How you doing tonight, John? Happy St. Patrick's Day. Ah, <laughs> yes. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Exactly. This is, a, this is another momentous recording day. We're recording on March 17th, which is St. Patrick's Day, and it's our episode 17. So you know what? This is going to be a great, lucky episode, I think. Yeah, cheers to that. Yeah, cheers <laughs> to that. Are, are you drink? Did you drink any green beer today? No. Okay. Okay. I, I actually don't think I've ever had a green beer. You know, I stay away from it normally. The only time I drink green beer is when it's actually green beer that's 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 decent beer. You know, I'll I'll go for it. But the problem is, is that green dye sometimes leaves your insides a little bit green, uh, and it comes out <laughs> it's green. like eating beets. Yeah, it's like eating beets. <laughs> yeah, it's just it can be kind of nasty. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's St. Patrick's Day, and uh, did you, I mean, do you have any traditions that you do? Do you wear? I mean, I don't. I don't know. Reem is not really a an Irish name, is it? Uh, that side of the family, no. I'm okay. Irish on the other side. Okay. So okay. So you uh, have any celebrations or anything special you do on St. Patrick's Day? Not really. We do the the wear green thing, and um, but apart from that, uh, don't really do anything other than drink, which is pretty Irish in itself. So that's right. That's right. All right. I drink too, and I've been drinking all night after work. So we should have a fun tongue-tied, tongue twister episode. Uh, I'll try to keep it all on a straight and narrow and not get too sidetracked. But that's no fun. Yeah, but I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty <laughs> loose, and uh, you know tonight. And that goes well with my name, so it should be a good yeah. show. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, you know what? Let's tell everyone what Tap the Craft is all about. And like I already mentioned, Tap the Craft is an educational podcast, and we focus on bringing more people into the craft beer hobby. And how do we do that? Well, we do it about talking about our passion. John and my passion is craft beer. We love to drink it. We love to learn about it, and we love to talk about uh, the craft beer hobby. And we want to pass this on to our listeners so that you guys can better understand the the craft beer hobby and get into it and, and become enthusiasts like John and I. And uh, that's what I just want to mention. John and I are craft beer enthusiasts. That means we love, like I mentioned, we love to drink. We love to talk about and, and learn about craft beer. And we are not experts. So, hey, we're going to say a lot of factual stuff during the show. But if we do misstep and say something that might not be 100% true, don't, you know, don't get too upset. Just let us know. We'll correct it on the next episode. Hey, we're all human, but uh, we are enthusiasts, not experts. Uh, we, we encourage our listeners to write into the show, and we want to hear your experiences. We want to hear about your knowledge also on, the, on craft beer because, again, John and I like to learn and we can't learn just by talking. We need to hear, too. So, hey, spread your good news to us. And we love to get your listener questions. So you can uh, either email us, which we'll we'll give you the email address later in the show. You can Twitter us. You can even, uh, you know, text me if you have my, uh, you know, if we're good enough friends and you actually have my uh, cell number. Hey, I'll text back. And there's several of you guys out there that do have my cell number. And you know I'll always text you back. 
And once a month, we do a listener participation tasting notes segment on a, on a special beer. And uh, this gives you, listener, an opportunity to drink alongside John and I as we describe our tasting experience on this one beer that we'll let you guys know about ahead of time so you can have it ready. And as you drink along, you can kind of get an idea of how we taste beer, what we're what we're experiencing and you might be able to better understand the characteristics of that beer yourself. And you know what? This episode just happens to be one of those where we'll be drinking the Lagunitas pills, which is a Czech style Pilsner. So if you haven't done your homework and gone out and found at least one, two or a six pack of this Lagunitas Pilsner beer, go out right now, put your earphones in, take the, iPod or whatever your phone with you. Listen as you drive down the road and grab a six pack of this beer. So you, when we get down to the end of the show and we start doing our our tasting notes, you'll be prepared. We also invite our listeners to help support the show by just taking a few minutes out of your day and writing an iTunes review. Uh, you know, this just helps us. Uh, you know, the show be promoted within the iTunes environment so that more people can be exposed to the show and, and, and listen to it and enjoy what we have to say. So it's not a requirement, but if you do enjoy what you're here, uh, feel free to go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. We really would appreciate it. And we'll let you know uh, on the show that we appreciate it by shouting you out. This is episode 17, and we're recording on March 17th, 2015. And in this episode, we will be covering a couple of listener questions, which we love our questions. And we're also going to go and expound to the last step of our brewing process uh, educational segments on water. Uh, you know, it's most beer is made up mostly of water. So this is a pretty, pretty important ingredient in the beer process brewing process. So we're going to talk a little bit about how water can affect the beer experience. And John, you know what? Man, I've been doing a lot of talking in the beginning of the show. So let's just, we need to drink some beer. Are you drinking anything right now? I am drinking a Sierra Nevada 2015 Beer Camp Hoppy Lager. Mm. That's a long title. Um, but this thing is uh, 55 IBUs. Um, that's seven percent alcohol, and really tasty. All right. I've, you know, sometimes these kind of India pale lagers are pretty miss for me. Yeah. Uh, they they just don't really get the hopping right, but this thing is delicious. Um, the, the hops are right in the forefront, and the I don't know, it's going down a little too easy. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I I picked one of those up too to taste and if it's as good as everyone says, I'll be getting you know, a six pack or a 12 pack of that cuz it sounds really good. And I've I've heard really good things about it, so I'm looking forward to trying that out. Yeah, I think this one's a one-off, so you may want to hurry. Hurry? If you're, okay. If you're going to pick up more. So. Okay, yeah, I better drink it. I better go get it right now then instead of drinking what I'm drinking, but I don't want to I want to be able to enjoy it, not just suck it down while I'm talking just to wet my whistle. But you probably have a six-pack, right? No, I just have the one. Oh, oh man. There was only one left of the store where I was at. So. <laughs> okay, well, enjoy it. Don't drink it too quickly. That's it's not, e not easy. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm, I'm also drinking something. I'm about halfway through a, a, a beer that 
has been in my beer fridge for a while, actually since July of last year, and it's not one that ages that well. It's uh, it's I got it during my trip to uh, Fresno, California, to visit some friends and visit a whole. I did a whole northern. California brewery tour with my wife last uh, July and in Fresno they have a couple breweries we visited but one of them is Tioga Sequoia and uh, they that it's a smaller brewery that is is really expanding pretty pretty rapidly for for the amount of time they've been brewing beer but they have some some very good beers and this one is the Tamarack Amber and I'm not a huge amber fan and I'm especially not a huge Amber fan when it's six, seven months old. <laughs> um, remember what we talked about as beer ages? You can It can oxidize and take on some of those negative characteristics. Um, this one definitely has very much of a, of a cardboardy um, flavor to it, like a finish that just tastes like you're gnawing on some, you know, like a box, a cardboard box. Um, but you know what? It's not, it's, it's there. Um, but it's not, uh, it's drinkable. I'm going to finish it. Uh, this is just going to prepare me to, to really enjoy that Pilsner we're going to be drinking later on. So there you go. Yeah. It's a cautionary tale not to let an amber sneak to the back of your fridge. That's so right. That's it. right. <laughs> yeah. In reality, this is one of the beers that Sarah, you know, she got a six pack of this, I think. And this is the one last beer left. And I was, you know, right now she's kind of on hold on beer. She can drink some some uh, gluten-free beers, but right now she's not able to drink as many of the beers that, sh- that she really enjoys. So I was kind of, at first I was saving it for her, thinking that it was going to be a short term that she was going to be off of beer, but it's turned in to be a little bit longer than we planned, so now I'm just going to have to just suck it down and just finish this beer so it won't, you know, it'll be, it's still drinkable now, but if I waited another you know, four months. I don't think it would be drinkable. I think it'd be undrinkable. So, so I'm I'm taking one for the team. Yeah, way to go. Yeah. So, John, um, have you had any special, noteworthy, or just beers that you want to talk about from the last show that we haven't uh, that you you tried over the last two weeks and you want to talk about? I do, and I feel like I need to start branching out to noteworthy beers outside of the. Seattle area because I feel like I'm not doing anybody any good. <laughs> but, uh, uh, one one that I had was uh, Fremont Brewing's uh, Triple Trifecta, which is a their triple IPA, um, and uh, that thing is absolutely delicious. Mm. Um, really smooth for for how big of a beer it is, and um, really enjoyed enjoyed that one. It's part of. Uh, triple ipa roadshow that goes on every uh winter out here mm. um, a bunch of local breweries all brew triple ipas and then they're they hop to a bunch of bars um around the area so this and, one uh, this one's on tap or was it in a can uh i got this one uh, in a bomber oh okay um so it, it unfortunately didn't uh didn't last very long <laughs> <laughs> it, it went down real easy and, and was just absolutely delicious. Okay, so, nice. Um, if you're ever out here and they brew this again next year, then uh, definitely check it out. Okay. And another one that's a, a one-off and probably <laughs> won't be brewed again <laughs> is from my, my local brewery here, uh, Airways. Mm. And they're celebrating their fifth anniversary this month, so they, they released a 
25th anniversary mosaic pilsner. Mm. Uh, it's just a, a hoppy pilsner with mosaic hops uh, that just worked really well and got me to thinking that maybe I need to do my single hop exper- experiments with a just a good solid pilsner where nothing will get in the way of those hops. Yeah. Uh, just really let it shine because uh, this thing worked amazingly. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. When when I saw you post this on Untapped, my wa- my mouth started watering like right away. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to have this beer. It's like the perfect <laughs> blend of. I mean, I'm not a big Pilsner fan, but when you throw in some a hop like Mosaic into it, it's it really intrigues me. Like, wow, this is maybe a Pilsner that I could really get into. So. Yeah, yeah, this one would be just perfect for you. You would, uh, you'd love this one. So, uh, how about how about you? Any anything noteworthy? I I, I have a couple. Um, I have I have a couple. I have, and I, I have to shame myself on the second one I'll talk about. But the first one is a beer. It's a seasonal release from Ninkasi called "The Devil Went Down to Oregon," and it's an imperial dark rye ale. And it's a collaboration actually between Nkasi out of Eugene and Devil's Backbone, Backbone out of Virginia. And uh, oh my gosh, this beer is like one of the perfect beers that uh, I I could drink this beer every day. In fact, I've since I've had it, I've I've gone out and bought several 22 ounce bottles and drank it. You know, the day I bought it because I just really enjoy this beer. Have you had a chance to try the Devil Went Down to Oregon? John? I actually had this one last night. Oh, how'd you? <laughs> no, so, what is your impression on it? Is it something that you enjoyed, or is it something that am I over? Uh, am I just uh, you know over myself with it? Um, I I enjoyed it. I I don't think I was as high on it as as mm-hmm. you, but um, yeah, I, I I definitely liked it. It has a nice bite to it mm-hmm. uh, from, the, from the rye there, and uh, I mean it's it's really solid. Um, but just, I don't know. It it wasn't the over the moon type beer okay. for me. But no problem, no problem. I I don't know if it's because I had it on tap the first time I had it that I just maybe I don't know if it made a difference being on tap. And then I've had it, you know, in the twenty two ounce bombers a, a few times since then. And this is only within the last week. I think no, it was maybe two weeks. Yeah, I think it was like yeah, it's been two weeks. But um, I. I don't know. It just, I just really enjoyed the flavors that come out of it, and just it just had a, a perfect mix of the of the rye and and uh, the the dark ale, and I just thought it was done well. So that was a noteworthy one. It's a it's a limited release, so anyone who can get Ninkasi, I'm assuming I I, I don't want to assume too. Many. It was actually bottled and brewed in Ninkasi and Eugene, so I don't I'm I'm assuming it's being distributed by Ninkasi distributors. So maybe you can't get it in as many places as you could get the devil's backbone stuff in Virginia. But I've had some devil's backbone stuff when I, when I was in Virginia and I really was impressed by their brewery also. And I can't get any of their stuff here. Um, so I would imagine they made a a special effort to get some of that East. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I just want to say, Hey, if you enjoy dark ales, Imperial dark ales with, and you enjoy rye in your beer, just give it a try. Um, and it's it's an inexpensive bottle, really too. I think it was like four, I think it was like five bucks or four fifty for a twenty-two ounce bottle, which is really good pricing. I'm not sure what you paid up 
up in Washington, but here in, in Idaho, I'm getting it front. I think under five bucks a bottle, which is which is nice. Yeah, it was right around the same here. Yeah, and in the second one, I'm going to talk about. Uh, I'm a little embarrassed. It's uh, it's the Anderson Valley Huge Arker Bourbon Barrel Imperial Stout. Uh, this sucker is 13.5 percent alcohol, 22 ounces. Boozy uh, at first. Uh, my first in- impression was it wasn't it was boozy, but not too boozy. And then as I got to the bottom of that uh, bottle, it was like complete booze, uh, hot hot beer. <laughs> And uh, I have to admit, um, it left me a little bit uh, tipsy. Uh, I think it was more than 13.5% because, of course, I followed it. I think I drank that one. That was like my second 22-ounce bottle, and I, I drank a uh, another raspberry stout. What was the – now I can't think of it. Oh, it was that Omen. I drank the, uh, the Omen from oh. Elysian first. And I think that's like 9%, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's – or maybe not so high. I don't remember. But I had the Omen first, and then I, fin- I, I had this one next. And by the time I finished it, Sarah, my wife, was was laughing at me because I pretty much was just wasted. I mean, it kicked my ass. It was <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> so I want to say if you guys find this Anderson Valley huge arker, it's, again, it's a, it's a wild turkey bur- bourbon barrel aged uh, – uh, beer to don't drink it alone this is this is one you need to share with a friend let the two of you suck down a glass each i think 10 ounces or 11 ounces a piece is perfect uh 22 ounces for one person is way too much it's just too big of a beer I, in my it you know my opinion it's just too big of a beer for one person to to enjoy it all by himself it because I at the end of the beer I was not enjoying it. It was more of a of a task because it was just so strong. <laughs> and there's there's some beers that can be twelve, thirteen percent that you don't even taste the alcohol at all and you can drink it really easy. And this is not one of those. It was uh again, halfway through I was struggling to get through the beer. But I did. I did finish the whole thing. Have have you had this beer, John? So this one no. I had the uh they have a like seven percent uh, wild turkey yeah. bourbon barrel stout that I think I drank on the show mm-hmm. three or four episodes ago. Um, and so th- I, I really enjoyed that one. So if you're a little uh, gun-shy at the 13% or don't have somebody to share with, yeah. that's one to check out too. Yeah, this one is uh, – even the, the regular 7% one, it's got that the bourbon and the, and the wild turkey bourbon f- uh, flavor to it. It's not so boozy though. It doesn't have that huge booze. It does have a, a little bit of a – of a booziness, but this one is like over the top. And if, like I said, it, it snuck up on me as it was, as it was colder, I didn't sense the, the booziness It was when it warmed up, the booziness came out in full power. I mean, crazy amount of booze. So, so yeah, yeah, that was my embarrassing noteworthy, uh, beer of the, of last couple weeks. Whew. All right. Hey, we have a few, we have two, Listener questions. Actually, we have two questions from one listener and another question from a second listener. We're going to start off with Tim Price. He can be found on Twitter at TimPrice75. And he says, or he asks, or he says and asks, he says, I am new to beer and craft brews, and I have been drinking mostly porters and stouts. And here's his question. 
is there another style of beer that would be next a next step for me? And John, what do you think? If someone really enjoys porters and stouts, what would what is your opinion would be the next step in a beer style that would that he might enjoy? So I think the most logical next step would be a brown ales. Mm-hmm. I think you know it's uh, still on that you'll get some of that nuttiness, toastiness uh, that that you can get in in some of the porters and stouts, but it won't be as roasty. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely some of the similar characters there. And uh, so I think that would be a, a really good uh, move. Mm-hmm. If, if you want more of that uh, malt-driven uh, stuff, I think you could look at a Scottish ale um, <clears throat> and specifically like a 80 shilling or 90 shilling. It's just a darker uh, Scottish ale. Uh, and I think that would be an, an interesting uh, thing to try out. That, that could be a, a good one. Mm-hmm. And then if you're looking for something a little lighter, um, but really like the dark beer, uh, you could look for a, a Schwartz beer, uh, which is German for black beer, Yeah. Uh, which is just a, a black lager. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's quite a few uh, good ones of these out there. Um, one of my favorites, if you can get the Full Sail uh, Session, they're mm-hmm. black. Yeah. Lagers, is really good especially for for the price yeah so. yeah I, yeah i agree the the session loggers all of them are really good and, and a good price and that i mean I, i'll pick up a 12 pack of those session loggers any of them the dark i love the black um i'll even drink the red the regular stuff i mean they they really are good uh you know good price good good beers and they actually won the what was it the uh uh, New York Times top uh, number one lager, I think uh, that they rated. Oh, really? Yeah, this I think it was in an article this last uh, month. So that's impressive. Full Sail won the number one uh, lager uh, choice from New York Times. So. Yeah, th- I think those are good ch- good uh, selections. I I'm a li- little hesitant. You're, you're going out on a limb, I think, on a Scottish Yell only because. Um, the Scottish ales sometimes can come across a little, a little sweeter, I think, and than what a typical porter or stout would be. Now, if you enjoy the milk stouts and stuff, maybe the Scottish ale would be a good uh, ease into it. But I, I mean, I personally love Scottish ales. I love that. That's you know one of the styles I really gravitate to. But as long as they don't overdo it, because sometimes those Scottish ales can just be a little bit too much on the sweeter side and give you that alcoholic alcohol uh flavor to it but um i was thinking when i was thinking of this uh i was also thinking brown ales but um i was also thinking it might be a good opportunity to jump over from the ales to the loggers and go with a doppelbach Uh, a a good good. a good doppelbach is is very you know can have that very good malt uh profile on the front that 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 he appreciates of course in the porters and stouts it's not as heavy not as much roasted, but it does have a you know a little bit. And now you're drinking a lager, so you're kind of getting into the lager side without actually drinking a pale lager, which can turn people off if you're you know if they're used to domestic style lagers, they 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 may not want that. But the Doppelbach is a is a great one, and there's double there's a well I guess a, it's a double box, so it's it's a strong you know usually 
anywhere what between seven and nine percent alcohol so you're gonna have a pretty good uh you know alcohol rating too so i think those are some pretty good things to try there tim and if you need some hints on some uh, some of these beers that you know what which ones to go for in your area i i i'm trying to remember where you're at and i don't remember you you don't know where tim's from do you john he's from grand rapids michigan Oh, <laughs> that's because of the, you know what? I think I've been drinking too much already because you're right. He's from Grand Rapids, Michigan, because he says the second part of his question says, I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. So Founders is in my backyard. I'm patiently waiting for my chance to get some KBS, which is Kentucky Breakfast Stout, which is a very limited local run. And he's asking, are there many beers like this around the country? And do you have any favorites? And I, I took it when he asked that is like, are there many beers that are limited release are difficult to get that you, uh, you know, enjoy trying to go out and, and grab those when you can. And I'll start with this one because, uh, there's a few that, that I'm going to start with the ones that I want to someday drink one day when the time is right, when all the stars align, I will be able to grab one of these beers and the, one one of them, of course, is the Russian River Pliny the Younger. I think John and I talked about this a couple times. It's a triple IPA out of Russian River who does the Pliny the the Elder, which which we you know we both had. And John, have you actually ever had the Younger before, or are you just waiting like me to to someday be lucky enough to to get it on tap? I have not had that one. Okay, okay. So this is one that is uh, is one that. It's it's possible for me to do this. If I plan a vacation to California, <laughs> to uh, Santa Rosa, where uh, the Russian River is, during the, what, the third week in February, I think, oh, excuse me, I think they say like the second or third week of February, they start releasing this beer out to the bars. But I hear there's a huge line, like the day it's released, the line you know, goes around the block and you have to have tickets and like the first hundred people get in or whatever. But, uh, you know, one day maybe I'll get lucky enough to actually try this, this beer. Um, another one that is even, I think going to be more difficult for me to ever try is, is from, it's called uh, heady topper to double IPA from the alchemist brewery out of now these now don't this, this is from Vermont, right? Do you know where this is from? Is it Vermont? The alchemist? Are you uh, okay, I'm going to say Vermont. They're from Vermont. <laughs> and this, if if I remember correctly, the Alchemist only brews one beer, and that's the Heady Topper. Am I right about that, John, or am I totally off on that, too? Yes, I believe you're right on both it, counts. Yeah, okay. So that makes this a special beer. This is a brewery. It's a small mom-and-pop brewery that only brews one beer that they want to brew to perfection. That's how dedicated they are to the quality of this beer. Uh, that's a beer I have to try, and it's hard. You know, it's one of those uh, what are they? You know, like like a White Well type beer. You know, like Ahab uh, is out. You know, searching for that big, great White Well. This this is one of those that is going to be tough to find because, for one thing, I'm going to have to be in that area and get lucky enough to either have someone bottle share one with me or or you know go visit. They actually don't even have a t- tasting room. You have to go 
you know find it in the area as far as I understand. So it's a yeah, it's a I think really, their brewery is close to the public. Yeah. So it makes it even harder. Another another one I'm gonna is from one brewery, Three Floyds. Um, I've had one or two Three Floyds beers, and I and they were pretty good. But there's uh, two that I want to try that I haven't had. Uh, one's a Russian Imperial Stout called the Dark Lord. Uh, the, yeah, Dark Lord Day. It's a big. Yeah. It's another one of those stand in line forever. Yeah. <laughs> events. Yeah. So again, a beer that I'll probably never ever get a chance to drink, but it's one that I would love to try if I had the opportunity. And the other one is called Zombie Dust. It's their pale ale. And again... It's delicious. You've had this one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That one I've had. Yeah, this one they actually... I think this one's actually a, more available, right? The Zombie Dust is actually a, a regular bottling. They they bottle it regularly, or is it not a, a normal uh, release? I know they bottle it. I don't know the regular... I, I think it's one of their normal ones. Yeah. Their standard one. So, so th- those are the ones that are on my list of someday, if the opportunity is just right, that I'd, I'd love to drink. Now, here's the ones that I do buy that, that are in my area that I try to get every year they're released. And I've already talked about several of these on the show, so I won't spend much time. But the, the first and f- there's two, the first and foremost, Deschutes Brewery out of Bend, Oregon. Love that brewery. I've talked about it many times on the show. I visited the brewery a couple times. Um, the Abyss. I love the Abyss. I love the flavors. Uh, it's a great uh, beer to seller. I usually will buy two bottles, uh, drink one fresh, and save one for at least a year. Uh, fantastic. I actually saved one of the Abyss bottles uh, like several years ago. I saved it for two years, and it was so smooth. It was fantastic. The other one is Black Butte Porter, the Anniversary Ale, which we've talked about many times. Every year, I buy at least two bottles. This is a lot because those bottles, each each of these bottles I just talked about are 16, usually about 16, 17 bucks a piece. And I invest in two a piece every year. Uh, I, that's how much I enjoy these beers. Uh, another one that's, that's more readily available but only in my area because Big Sky Brewing, I don't think they, they're out of... Uh, Gosh, now I always get confused. Montana. Is, is it Montana? Okay, because I always yeah. want to say Montana or Wyoming. So they're out of Montana. Um, and they, uh, I can get these beers pretty easily here, so I don't really worry about it. But they have this beer called Ivan the Terrible, and they release it in both a bourbon barrel version and a non-bourbon barrel version. Of course, the non-bourbon barrel version is easy to get. It's in, they, they used to serve it in 22-ounce bottles. Now they, they have you can buy a four-pack of 12-ounce bottles. And I think, John, you even got this beer, the, the regular one in your area. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think I saw you you drink one. Maybe I didn't, but I thought I I thought I saw saw one or maybe I saw it when I was in Washington. Uh great beer alone, but the one I always get is the 25 ounce champagne bottle corked corked and caged Ivan the Terrible limited edition one of 2000 bottles released every year that's one of 2000. Um I always try to get one. So the last couple of years I've been able to procure one of these uh, bourbon b- barrel aged uh, Ivan the Terribles. It's a it's a big stout, and I forget the. It's like I don't know. I I think it's like fourteen percent or something, some huge thing. But it's one of those ones that it doesn't taste boozy. It just it's got a huge uh, roasted malt flavor that just that just tastes fantastic. And you know what, uh, Tim? I think if you really enjoy 
stouts, I think you would really enjoy, and porters, I think you'd really enjoy the Black Butte Porter Anniversary Edition if you can get the shoots in, in Michigan. And also, if you can get Big Sky Brewing, the Ivan the Terrible is a great stout. Either the regular or the bourbon barrel, I think you'd be a good beer for you to try. And then one other thing is I always, every year for the last 12 years, I've purchased the Stone Brewing Anniversary uh, L, whatever it might be. Uh, if it's good or bad, some years it's good, some years it's not so good. I, I always buy it because I love Stone and I love what they the different things they do. So, John, what about you? you have any special things that are like your white well beers or things that you must get every time it's released? Uh, for for things that I want to try, it pretty much mirrors what you said. Uh, all the all those beers except for the zombie dust, I'm still uh, hoping to get one day. And then one thing I'll add to that is uh, more Cantillon Belgian um, <laughs> sour. I've had one Cantillon beer, and I, I want to get more, but they. Uh, very very difficult to find um, and when you can find them a lot of times the uh, the price is uh, jacked up because they know how rare it is so wow um, but then for the the ones I buy you know every year uh, I also do some of those that that you mentioned and I'll, I'll add a couple Firestone Walker uh, beers uh, which is their anniversary beer every year that which is a blend. Uh, it's a different blend every year. Uh, they get together with a bunch of um, winemakers, I believe, in their in their area because uh, they're they're in wine country in California, and they you know bring out all the different beers that they they had that year or previous years, and they just let the uh, the winemakers go to work blending the beers until mm. they come to a consensus on the best uh, blend. And that's what they then uh, bottle up from the barrels and uh, ship out every year. Hmm. Um, so I, I try to get a, a couple of those if I can. Um, I've done a couple mini verticals of of, of those um, from saving them over the years. Um, and then another Firestone Walker is their Sukaba, which used to be there called Abacus, but then they were uh, sent a cease and desist by a winery <laughs> who had a similar name. Um, so they just flip the name around, um, but that's their uh, an English barley wine that they do uh, every year, and hmm. that's a really good one if if you can find it. Uh, okay, we try to keep that in stocked here. Do you, now? Do you drink it f- uh, fresh or do you age it a little bit? Uh, so the, what I was doing with like the anniversary ales at least was getting a couple and then drinking. Um, I've kind of settled into drinking this year's and last year's at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then the next year I'll do the same thing. Okay. Um, mostly because I'm unwilling to pony up with enough to <laughs> keep them for more than a year. Yeah. Because um, they're, they're pricey. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I usually always try to have the beer fresh because otherwise, you know, if I age it, I don't know if that was a good move or a bad move. Yeah. You know, yeah. For, for moving forward, you know, maybe in the future, I don't want to age it a year, yeah, because I like it better fresh, or I should try aging it longer, or something. You know, I I need that measuring stick. Yeah. So. No, no, I agree. I agree. Good. All right. Awesome. Well, hopefully, Tim, I hope we answered your questions. And by all means, if you have more questions, just ask us on Twitter or email, 
and uh, hey, we'll hook you up. Uh, John and I know about beers, and uh, we can. I'm sure we can find some beers in your area that you would enjoy trying in other styles. All right, we have one more question from our buddy Robert at TPS Sponge on Twitter. He says, is drinking bad beer okay just to get that untapped street cred? And Yojimbo responded back. He said, not worth it. And I have to mimic Yojimbo. No, I don't drink a beer just so that I can get some kind of untapped badge. Or, I mean, sure, I drink a lot of beers so that I can get uniques. But you'll notice that I don't have any badges that say that I'm a college uh, student drinking all the the cheap beers or that I'm a NASCAR guy that drinks all the Bud Coors. I'm not going to get those badges because I'm not going to drink those beers just so I can get, you know, an untapped badge because I just don't like those beers. So, yeah, it's it's not worth it to me. But how about you, John? Are you Are you willing to suffer through crappy beer just to get that cred, that street cred on untapped. I'm really close to some of those badges. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, gosh, you're a sellout, man. You're a sellout. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I tend, I won't, I generally won't uh, choose a, a beer like that if I have a craft option, but I also am not, uh, I don't know, stuck up enough or whatever to, if that's the only beer available, I'll, yeah. I'll drink it. No, no. Um, yeah, I will too. So. I will too. I, don't get me wrong. There's times when you'll see me log into a Natty Light or a Coors Light or whatever when that's the only beer available at a wedding or whatever. Yeah. Hey, if I'm thirsty enough, I'll drink the damn thing. And then, of course, if I'm drinking it, I'm going to log it because that's, you know, it is one more unique beer to put on there. <laughs> so I might as well get credit for it. But I don't go out of my way to do it, for sure. Yeah. And and this was in reference to a video that he linked to the site to or to our Twitter about a new beer. I think it was released by, was it Budweiser? Uh, I think so, yeah. AB InBev did a uh, a blue agave like a tequila like a blue agave like a tequila type uh, beer that is I guess absolutely horrible and uh, he linked a, a YouTube video of these two guys which I thought was pretty entertaining the, the video was pretty entertaining about these guys test, uh, tasting this beer for the first time they got a, a special you know they got to it early. They tasted it, and they, and all the reviews they did before, they've never given a beer less than you know what they say one, and they gave this beer both gave them zeros. <laughs> I think that's what they gave them. It was so bad. So it's, I guess it's like a very sweet tasting beer that is just tastes really horrible, like the worst beer ever. So that's what this whole question was in reference to: is that hey, would you go and drink that beer just so you can get? Uh, you know, a badge or to get, you know, recognized for it. And and I think John and I both agree that no, not worth it. Now, had I just seen it on the shelf, I probably would have picked it up. But had I watched the video first, I'd probably steer clear. That's true. And and I have to admit, one of the things that the the reviewers did on the video is they said the bottle looks pretty cool. And I have to admit, the bottle is pretty ingenious. I, I thought it was a cool bottle besides the fact of being clear. Uh, that's a first sign that it's a bad beer. But you know what? There's a lot of you know people drink bad beer in clear bottles. So uh, you know Corona for one. 
And and uh, yes, there is. I, I heard someone on another podcast say there's no such thing as bad beer, and I said, yeah, I, I disagree. There is bad beer. Um, you know, everyone has their opinion. So, <laughs> all right. We don't want to make this show run on too long, so hey, let's get into the Brew Buzz. And the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And for this week, we're going to go diving deeper into the brewing process, the last ingredient. The thing that makes up the most of the beer, as far as in volume, is the water. We're going to talk about the water in the brewing process. And um, you know what? John did a fantastic job of uh, doing some research on water, and I don't want to steal his thunder. So, John, take it away, and uh, I'll just jump in and, and put my two cents in when needed, but we can just run through this water thing you know, pretty quick because we don't want people to, you know, it's water is water, right? Yeah, we need to keep everybody awake. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and, and, and we want to keep this uh, brief so you know we want to start off with what, what do we know about water and it's wet mm-hmm. oh yeah so that's the brew bus <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah water makes up you know 90% of beer uh, but at the same time it's probably the thing that is just most ignored by beer drinkers and even some brewers and you know, I think part of that is a lot of us kind of romanticize the brewing process. You know, it's an art form. Uh, we don't think of it as, um, you know, well, when we do think of it as manufacturing or something like that, it con- has a negative connotation of, you know, with the big brewers and you know, them doing it the hard way. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, and, you know, there's truth to, you know, brewing being art, but there's a lot of science involved. And mm-hmm. um, I think, that water kind of really falls squarely on that science side um, because there, there's a lot going on. And because of that, we're going to try really hard not to go down too deep, um, <laughs> mostly because I don't understand it. <laughs> um, I have read and listened to podcasts and all kinds of stuff on water, and I still have, like, the most basic understanding because it's uh, the, the chemistry of it is just uh, very complex. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but so there, there's kind of an adage for brewing that if, if your water's good enough to drink, it's good enough to brew. Um, and you know, that's very largely true, but if you, if you want to dig in there, there's more to, to water than just being wet. So, um, we're going to focus a little more on how the water affects kind of the end uh, result, you know, what we get in our glass, because that's kind of more the focus of this show rather mm-hmm. than the brewing aspect. Um, but first and foremost, water provides minerals for the yeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get traces of iron, copper, manganese, zinc, and all this stuff is needed for healthy fermentation. And, you know, some brewers choose to use uh, reverse osmosis water, which would have all that stuff stripped out. Uh, it'd be, you know, pretty much as close to pure H2O as you can get. Um, but they, they need to add that, those minerals back mm-hmm. uh, in, in some fashion. Otherwise, uh, the yeast is going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's kind of part of where, you know, this, this is a science um, to it because you have to have these things in there or all the art that you put into your grain bill and all your hops 
not going to matter. <laughs> the, the fermentation is is way more important than all of that. Um, it'll it'll ruin it. So you, you know you got to make sure that you provide for the yeast and the the water provides um, just naturally to, for the yeast. <clears throat> so now we'll we'll dive a little more into the the science of it. So from a technical standpoint, water is a, a solution of ions. And there's positive ions called cations and negative ions called anions. And the, the negative and the positive is actually referring to the like, electrical charge of the, of the particle, um, you know, not whether it's good or bad for the beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both benefit and, or have detriments to, to the beer. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so basically the electrical charge will determine what, uh, you know, what will adhere, you know, where the water and what things will adhere to it to, you know, to combine into other um, molecules. So, right. if, so if positive, a positive charge will attract, uh, you know, a negative or, you know, something that has less electrons in it. And, or actually positive would be more electrons. So it attracts something that has, I don't know, less. And now you got me all no, confused, but it's backwards. Yeah, yeah. it's backwards. <laughs> but, I mean, it's all based on the the electron uh, being able to combine with each other. So the electrons in within the water, if it has you know extra positive, uh, combining with something another mineral or whatever, and, and creating that bond uh, in layman's terms. Okay. Yeah. So and and like I said, uh, I'm going to focus on the direct impacts these have on the finished beer. Uh, pretty much all of these contribute in some way during the brewing process, most notably during the mashing, uh, which we talked about on a previous episode. Um, but that's where a lot of the science can bog down and, and everything. So for the sake of simplicity, we're going to ignore that. <laughs> um, so I'll talk about the notable cations, um, which are calcium, uh, magnesium, and sodium. And... Calcium uh, will help prevent haze in the beer, and it also reduces the extraction of tannins. And a, a beer that gets uh, that extracts a lot of tannin from the grain is going to be you're going to feel it in your mouth. It's really uh, astringent. It kind of dries you out and leaves you kind of a puckering feeling um, in your mouth. Uh, so calcium helps reduce that, um, and magnesium does. A lot of the same stuff as calcium, uh, just it's not as efficient uh, doing it. Uh, magnesium is also another one of those yeast nutrients um, that that the yeast really benefits from. Uh, but too much of it, you can get kind of a, a harsh mineral taste uh, in the beer, mm-hmm. in the finished beer. So it, it's all it's all balance um, for all these things, you know. And and the way they interplay with each other uh, can also a- affect how they. How they come out, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then sodium, the the last cation we'll talk about. Um, low levels of sodium can kind of accentuate the sweetness mm-hmm. uh, from a beer, and high levels can be salty. Mm-hmm. And and this is really similar to putting salt in your food. You know, mm-hmm. uh, salt is used to bring out other flavors, but if you put too much on, it's just going to taste like salt. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think a good example of of how sodium can can like you mentioned here that about the low levels can accentuate the sweetness is like, I know I don't do this myself, but a lot of people will put salt on watermelon, which watermelon yeah. is typically a sweeter, 
uh, you know, um, melon. And when you put that salt in it, it brings out that sweetness a little bit, you know, accentuates it. And what you think salt would make it salty. But again, you put too much on there, it's going to take away that. It's not going to enhance it. It's going to make it, you know, be detrimental. So it's kind of a similar type thing. Yeah, that's a great example um, for that. So uh, then the anions, these uh, negative ions, um, the ones we'll talk about are bicarbonate, uh, sulfate and chloride. So bicarbonate uh, it neutralizes some of the acid from the dark and roasted malts and it promotes the extraction of tannin. So this kind of comes into that balance thing, you know, uh, where the, the calcium produces the extraction of tannins, bicarbonate promotes the extraction of tannins. So, you know, there's there's got to be a balance between these two to get the other you know, benefits that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, it also promotes the extraction of coloring compounds. So it kind of plays in hand with the, the dark and roast neutralizing the acids from the dark and roasted malt. So you'll, you'll see, uh, pretty high levels of bicarbonates for, for places that do really well or brew really good stouts Mm -hmm. and porters and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, the sulfates, uh, high concentrations of sulfates. So, um, improve your uh, your hot bitterness and, and the dryness. Um, so th- this is something that uh, a lot of brewers will add um, salts to increase their sulfate levels um, for, for IPAs and the, those types of beers. Hmm. <clears throat> and then uh, chlorides uh, at low concentrations, this will enhance the sweetness uh, of the beer, uh, similar to, to sodium. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, the the, the all of these play together, and um, when we we look at all the beers that have come from Europe and these styles that you know brewers here in, in North America now uh, either replicate or mm-hmm. have um, kind of twisted to their own you know, to kind of be an American style. Um, they, they come from you know regions that have specific water profiles. And a lot of times brewers will look to these historical profiles to try to, to match, uh, to, to enhance the beers that, that these locations are known for. Um, so they'll add different uh, mineral salts that can change uh, the, the profile of the water, or they, they can start from that RO water and build it from scratch mm-hmm. yeah. and start completely over. Uh, which in some cases can can be easier because if if you're starting from you know the water out of your tap, well that already comes with some bicarbonates and sulfates mm-hmm. and chlorides and all of that, and you you have to know those levels to you know effectively add salts to get what you're looking for. Yeah. Um. So first, uh, you know, kind of historical location we'll talk about is actually a group. Uh, which is uh, London, Dublin, and Munich. And what all these places have in common is their their water is high in bicarbonates. And if you think about, you know, what these areas are known for, uh, London is known for its porters, uh, Dublin, Irish Stouts, and Munich, uh, the Maibox. Mm-hmm. You know, all these beers are brewed with darker grains, hmm. which bicarbonates helps um, reduce those acids and make those a lot easier to drink and, and more enjoyable. Uh, so another 
this uh, Burton on Trent is probably the one that, as a as a brewer, I hear about most often. Um, the water is very hard and has very high sulfate concentration. Uh, so, I believe it, it's on the Trent River mm-hmm. that this water is being pulled from the the mineral water around the river. And uh, so because of this really high sulfate, it, it really lends itself to the English bitters and, and pale ales mm-hmm. um, from, the, from the region. And uh, at, at least on a homebrew level, there are companies that sell uh, like Burton salts. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of homebrewers ruin their beers <laughs> because of what I talked about earlier. You have to know what you're starting yeah, with. Yeah. So if you just throw in this blanket thing of salts that they say add this to a five gallon batch well if you already have a high sulfate level or, or something you know it, your beer can come out just awful yeah um but uh th- this uh high sulfate you know that's what inspires all these ipas and and that kind of thing so uh as a home brewer this is the place that i'm most familiar with um so then Another uh, from the uh, United Kingdom, uh, Edinburgh, uh, another um, area high in bicarbonates, um, but also high in sulfates. Um, so this, you know, your Scottish ales, um, which are very malty, which we talked about earlier, um, but the, the sulfates let it stay balanced without having to add too much hop, so you can avoid, like, that hop flavor and, and things that you don't really want in a Scottish ale but keep it balanced and from getting too cloyingly sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it's another way that, you know, the balance between these ions really helps, you know, kind of mold the style. Um, and the last one I'll, I'll mention is Pilsen, which uh, would be where Pilsners come from. <laughs> and, you know, the, this water is very low concentration of everything we talked about. Ah. Um, so it it really just lets the base malt shine through. Um, it doesn't need modification, and in, in so it just lets you accentuate that uh, bready kind of pilsner character uh, that that comes through. And you know all these places where you know these beers have been have become well known because they they just taste better from this place. Yeah, uh, it's not necessarily that the brewers knew the water lent itself to this. Uh, I mean, for a long time, they didn't even know yeast was an ingredient, <laughs> you know, because it, they just didn't know it existed. And uh, really, it's just that they recognized that, hey, when I brew the beer this way, it tastes way better than everything else I'm brewing. So let's just focus on that, you know. And, and so they kind of made a name for this beer in, the, in those areas. So, um, but, that you know, that's kind of the where a lot of this stuff comes from and where a lot of these styles are formed from, you know, dealing with the constraints of your environment. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, unlike some of the other in- ingredient ones, I can't really tell you to go, oh, look for this kind of water yeah. <laughs> and yeah. See, yeah. What, see what you enjoy. But uh, this is more just, uh, you know, more informational just to kind of round out the, the, the series here and, um just give you a more understanding of what what coming to play when you get that really malty beer, that really uh, hoppy beer. You know, maybe you've got that high concentration of sulfate. So yeah, uh, yeah. 
that's water. <laughs> excellent, excellent job. Yeah, one one brewery that you know I talk about all the time, Deschutes, and I only talk about it because I really they do a fantastic tour at their brewery and they give you a lot of information. So, just like John mentioned, they based their beer when they first started brewing the beer. They uh, the guy the the head brewer lived in England, lived off the Trent River loved the beer that was being served in the area that he was living in, whatever it might be. And when he came back, he wanted to, you know, brew that style beer. And he, and he was aiming for exactly the, the pale and the bitters that actually the bitter was what he was aiming for that, that he got while he was in England. And so that's what the shoots, they based their whole brewery beers on the water that is brewed in that area. So all their water is, uh, you know, is conditioned with the chemicals. They put gypsum into their water to get the right mm-hmm. concentration of chemical of, uh, of minerals to mimic uh, what they could get in Trent because that's what that the head brewer, you know, the, the owner of the of the brewery, that's what he wanted his beer to taste like, just like he had in England, and that's how they started their whole brewery. And now, every you know, they make a ton of beer. And they've got to add a lot of, you know, gypsum <laughs> into their water to maintain the same uh, profile that they have uh, throughout their beer. So, I mean, water is important. If if all of a sudden they decide they wanted to, to skimp out and, and not add that extra ingredient, I guarantee that that mere pond, uh, that obsidian stout, the, you know, the, the different beers, you know, the Abyss, the Blackfeet Porter, they're going to taste a little bit different. Than what you're expecting because it it as we just found out from John's explanation, hey, this water and the minerals in that water is very important into the the taste profile and the, the way the beer looks, uh, depending on you know how you want to brew it. And I, I agree, John. I think if if you really want to mimic the way a certain beer tastes, you almost have to bring that water down to a base level with nothing. You know, our, get reverse osmosis, bring it down to nothing, and then add in the exact amount so you know exactly what you need to be able to get that flavor and it's easy to do it's easier to do with a five gallon batch than it is with a you know 33 gallon batch or a 10 barrel batch or a 30 barrel batch which i mean but for home brewing i think it's you could definitely you know go and you know get some ro water and throw in your burton salts and you'll be good <laughs> just don't yeah. use your tap water if you don't know what's actually in the tap water straight out of the <laughs> right. tap yeah, but it's just another one of those things that'll add a lot of cost. You know, it's more expensive True. to either yeah. buy or you know filter RO water on your own, and then you know you got to buy all the all the salts. It's just more uh, more cost that has to go into these beers. Yeah. True. So. Yeah. But if you're a perfectionist like you are, John, it's worth it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, now it's time for our beer tasting notes on the Lagunitas. Pills and that sound right there is John pouring his beer. Sounds awesome. I'm gonna open mine right now. Well, kind of a wussy little uh, pop, but yeah, you kind of got the idea. I'm gonna pour it into my uh, Pilsner glass, nice fluted glass. Uh, I'm assuming John that you poured your pills into a, a Pilsner glass yourself, or did you get lazy and just do a shaker glass? Uh, I'm in that named glass I still haven't learned. The Becker, or the Beach, yeah. whatever it is. Okay. That one. 
My my Pilsner glasses are are built for much bigger uh, quantities of beer. (laughs) You don't want to waste a glass on a small beer. Okay, I got you. Yeah. No problem. All right. So... As I as we mentioned, it's time to go out and, and open up your beers. Go grab that pills out of the fridge. Uh, grab a glass. It doesn't matter what glass. You know, if you have a pilsner glass, grab it. If you have just any glass, just just get a glass and uh, pop it open and pour it into your glass and take a look at that uh, at what it looks like. And uh, just to give you guys a, a little background, this is the pills by Lagunillas Brewing. Lagunillas is out of Petaluma, California. They also have a brewery in Chicago, Illinois, that they just opened last year. This style of beer is a Czech-style Pilsner. It's 6% ABV. I don't know what the IBUs are because Lagunillas was kind of stinchy on their, uh, on their you know, uh, description of this beer. In fact, I could only find that they had uh, the hops they used in it was the Saz hops. They just mentioned that it has... Uh, malt, hops, and water, uh, and maybe yeast. But I don't know if they even mentioned. Did they mention yeast on here too? On the bottle, it says literally. Oh gosh, I thought I read it on here. Oh yeah, it says yeast. Yeah, it says yeah. malt, hops, yeast, and water. That's all the ingredients. They don't really go into details. But on their website, they did say it was Saz hops. So we don't know a lot about what's in this beer. Uh, so just keep that in mind. So as I mentioned. I bought this, uh, you can get these in 22-ounce bottles, but I got uh, a, a few 12-ounce uh, bottles, and I poured it into my Pilsner glass. John, I'm assuming you're the same, right? You got yourself 12-ounce bottles? Yeah, if I had a bomber, I would have done a bigger glass. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> I see how you are, all right. Uh, okay, well, we're, we're, we're going cheap with the 12 ounces. Uh Looking at my glass, let's just go over the you know what this uh, coloring looks, and you know what this is pale, right? I don't know. I I say straw, clear. It's a, it's a very clear beer, uh, straw colored, you know, very light. And mine, uh, it's there's lots of bubbles. There's bubbles coming out of this thing like crazy. What about you, John? What are you seeing as far as your uh, color of this beer? Uh, yeah, definitely pale straw. Uh, I'm not. I don't have a lot of bubbles. I, got some trickling up um but i mine is very cloudy i got what? really hazy uh beer here so uh, you, that something's wrong with your beer then because <laughs> i got nothing but bubbles if i could get video on right now i'd show you this thing is bubbling like crazy and i'm holding it up to my computer screen and i can literally read through this beer i can read uh what the things on my screen say so that's uh, I, I probably don't have bubbles because i poured pretty aggressively to get the <laughs> on the microphone so i got a really big head right now <laughs> all right you're you're all about the head okay well you know what talking about the head what describe your head now obviously this head might be a little bit more than typical because you just said you aggressively poured it but what what does your head and lacing uh, yeah. look like so i've got uh kind of an Almost a little bit of an off-white color, mm-hmm. um, but mine is like three fingers tall, <laughs> um, and it's already grabbing the the glass yeah. as it recedes. Um, it's probably about two fingers now. Okay, that's uh, coming down a bit as I swirled it around and such. But uh, yeah, it's really good looking head. Okay, so. good, good. I um I, I cheated, right? I had one earlier before we recorded, and I'm having one now as I drink. So. I'm going to have notes on kind of both. That's how I that's how I work. John is fly by night. He doesn't like to prepare for the show. He likes to do it, you know, spontaneous. I'm more I need to prep a little bit. So <laughs> um 
both beers I poured, the one earlier and one now, uh, one finger off white head. Uh, the earlier one, I had a, a lot of coarse bubbles in the in the head. This one, though, uh, it's interesting that the bubbles are are a lot finer in this pour. Now, maybe because I I maybe poured a little bit differently, I don't know, but uh, it's very strange because my first one was very big bubbles, like uh, the head was just like these big giant, you know, bubbles, and this one's very fine lacing, fantastic. The previous glass I had. All the way from the top, and this is like a 12 ounce tall, like a 12 ounce, a 12 inch tall glass. I'm not kidding you. The lacing stuck all the way down from the top to the bottom of the glass. Incredible lacing. Uh, I have to hand it for that. So uh, the nose, let's take a whiff, John, and let's describe what we smell. So I get a bit of a graininess. Mm -hmm. Um, not not really the kind of sweetness, almost graham cracker-like that I usually yeah. associate with the Pilsner malt. Um, it smells almost like it's gonna could be a little astringent um, in the future. <laughs> yeah, if it ages at all. Yeah. Okay. I I um, um is that is that it? I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, sorry. I'm I'm moving slow, doing this uh, real time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I think I'm thinking I'm picking up a little bit of hop in the background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not very strong though. Yeah. But kind of a spicy noble. I guess that'd be the size. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that that's what I I get to. The nose on this, um, very subtle in my opinion, and both the first one and this one. It's not overwhelming. I have that. It's a it's a lighter. Uh, I mean, it smells like a Pilsner to me, right? I, I mean, it's not heavy in the graham crackery uh, aroma that we're used to, but it is. It does have the you know the base of a Pilsner, and just like you said, I in the back, I I I think I can smell some of that hop spiciness in there. But again, at this at the point when I was doing my nose aroma, I don't know if that's necessarily from the hops or or even from the yeast, as we learned that sometimes yeast can give off some spiciness. So, but I'm assuming it's the hop. So, so yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree with you. Let's go ahead and take a sip, John. And, and I'm going to go ahead and start with, once I take a sip, I'll go ahead and explain what I'm tasting. Cause I don't want, you know, the, the, everyone to feel like I'm just, you know, hanging off of your coattails. I'm just reading your notes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So, I definitely get, um, yeah, I get uh, I get some interesting flavors. I get the pale malts. Um, I also have this uh, this strange, and and right now as I'm drinking it, I'm I'm getting a, a little bit more grassy ish, like a grassy f- flavor in the front. But it but it may be like the hay straw, like not necessarily fresh, but maybe some cut or older. Uh, hay or, or straw type flavor and um, this is what amazes me when I drink this beer earlier and even now as I drink it the one thing and this is bizarre because I never thought I'd ever taste this in a beer the one thing that came to my mind as I was drinking the beginning drinks of this beer is it was like I was eating some really sweet cream like heavy cream corn so that's a yeah that's um, called DMS, it's a cooked corn kind of character. Yeah, yeah. It can come across in a lot of lagers, um, especially uh, with Pilsner malt. Mm-hmm. 
um, there's a precursor called SMS that needs to be boiled off. Yeah, um, yeah. And if if you have that sticking around, it, it'll convert into DMS during the fermentation. Okay, so, so. I, I, I'm I'm getting maybe some of that DMS. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just my mind playing tricks with me. But I, that's what I can taste. I also, again, there's a, a bitterness, a little pepperiness to it. Um, the first beer I had. Oh, as I'm burping right now, I, it, there's a lot of carbonation in this beer. The first beer was so carbonated, it was literally, I could taste the carbonation in my mouth. This one is not as bad, and maybe because I'm talking as I'm drinking, um, I'm getting more gas come out, but it seems to me that this beer is way over, I mean, it seems to be higher on the carbonation levels than I'm used to, and I only say that because I actually have a an issue with carbonation that my my body doesn't you know my my valves and my stomach and stuff. They, I can't get rid of the carbonation, you know, the the gas like most people can. So if things start building up, it's not, it's not long before uh, I'm having foam shooting out my nose and my eyeballs because it it builds up that that fast. So uh, that's my opinion. What do you think, John? What what do you taste in, as you as, as you first sip this beer? So I get uh, the the malt comes across for me as a, a cracker, mm-hmm. um, just like a it's like a basic, almost like saltine cracker type, type thing. Okay. Um, I'm not really getting the the vegetal or the the cooked corn. Okay. Um, for me. Um, but uh, yeah, it's got you know, kind of a medium bitterness. It definitely has high carbonation. You can feel the bubbles on your tongue. Yeah, um, when, yeah, especially the back of the tongue. Drink. Yeah. Um, and you know that that probably kind of is part of what's giving it a bit. of... There's kind of a bite, yeah, um, yeah, and that that could could be coming from that high carbonation level. Um, but yeah, there's a, a bit, bit of hop character, kind of that spiciness, which I think might be being played up a bit by the the carbonation as yeah, well. Yeah, kind of they intensify each other. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, it's pretty. You know, it doesn't have from from what I smelled initially. I I don't have that. Um, astringent character that I was a little yeah, worried about. Yeah. So. And it's funny because when you said astringent, I I hadn't thought about astringent. Um, and maybe it's just because I'm getting dehydrated after all this beer I've been drinking. <laughs> but right now, as I'm starting to drink it, I'm starting to feel dryness, you know, like a you know, puckeriness in the top of my uh, of my mouth, like it's like drawing in. Um, but it's not. I mean, I, the beer doesn't taste bad at all, right? It's not like it's something that's just turning. I think I'm getting dehydrated. I probably after this show, I probably need to drink like 32 ounces of water just to you know put water back in my system. <laughs> but um, what about the body, John? Uh, we already mentioned the car. We both agree the carbonation is a is a bit high, higher than normal. So that's. Oh, as I burp, sorry, sorry, yeah, listeners. I, carbonation. This, I'm telling you, this carbonation is way is way high. But hey, what if, if you're gonna burp, you gotta own it. Quit trying to hide it. No, like, I, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to be rude to our listeners. You know, they don't want to hear me belching. You know, if, if if I was on a forty cast, I'd just whip it out. But you know, we're trying to keep it a little bit. You know, just yeah, just they always whip it out on the forty. Cast. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what do you? What about the body? What do you? How about the mouthfeel and and of this beer what do you think uh definitely kind of a medium light body mm-hmm. um there there is something there it's it's not completely 
you know, like water. Um, there, there's a little bit of body there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the in terms of the the mouthfeel though, the the, the carbonation just kind of dominates. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least early on, maybe if I let it sit for a while, that'd be different. But okay. Okay, I agree. I I mean, either you're reading my notes or we just are on we're we're on top of this together. We're we're mind melded. Uh, yes. You know, I mean, that's got to be it because uh, I agree with exactly what you said on the body. Uh the finish, uh I do get a nice little bitterness. Not a heavy bitterness at the finish, but you know what? Enough that says, "Hey, I'm there." Uh again, I'm hoping it's the hops and you know because I do also get that uh you know, either I'm getting that uh, the the bitterness and a, a little bit of herbalness. Uh, maybe it's kind of a weird, you know, the, just the finishing lingering in my in the back is just uh, maybe a little bit herbal uh, and l- slight bitterness. Enjoyable. I like the finish actually. Uh, it's probably my favorite part of the whole beer is is the finish. What about you, John? What do you think about the finish? Uh, yeah, it's pretty um, pretty clean clean for me. I actually get. Uh, a little more sweetness in the finish, I think, than you do. Um, and, and I'm not picking up the herbal, which I'm happy for, because I don't think I would enjoy that <laughs> in here. Uh, but, you know, it, it definitely doesn't uh, make me not, or doesn't make me not want to take a sip. If yeah. I can get a lot of negatives in that sentence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it stays inviting. Okay. So. Okay. So, John... Yeah, I think our listeners, anyone who's listened to me talk about on the show for about about beer, probably knows that pilsners are my least favorite style of beer. And Czech pilsners are, if I had to choose a pilsner that was my least least favorite, is Czech pilsner. So you already pretty much everyone knows how I feel about Czech pilsners that I just don't like them. But John, what about you? What is your take on typical pilsners? Are you a fan of pilsners? And if you are, what's your take on the Czech style pilsners? Typically, besides this beer, what would are you are you prone to enjoying pilsners? I I enjoy a good pilsner. Uh, my local Airways has a pilsner that I really love, and they actually won gold for it at mm. GABF this year, um, which I'm sure they spun into that mosaic. <laughs> Um, but in terms of specifically the Czech style, I've it's probably the style I've had the least number of pilsners. Which is, um, yeah. I, I don't. I just don't think they're very common in terms of that being the style of pilsner that American brewers will recreate. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's a lot of imports, and most of the imported lagers, I, I don't think travel very well. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I, I don't tend to put a lot of stock into that. Mm-hmm. Um. But you know, we always talk about you know would we recommend it for you know people that are new new to craft beer, mm-hmm. and I I think a pilsner is always going to be more approachable, mm-hmm. um, no no matter what. And you know, I, this definitely is going to have uh, a little more character than you're used to if you're coming from you know macro uh, lagers, mm-hmm. uh, but but it's definitely probably an easier stepping stone, you know, than something like a, like a pale ale or something like that. So I, I think I'd, I'd still recommend it Okay. for, for people new to, new to craft beer. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Just Sorry, dropped. I dropped, I dropped my, uh, my groping or hit the. Oh my line. gosh. Okay. I thought you, I thought you broke your glass there. That'd be bad. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I, why not? 
Why not? You know what? I, just because I'm not a fan of Pilsner, it doesn't mean that uh, other people won't enjoy it. And just, I, I'm always amazed that, you know, I think that I have a pretty good taste, you know, of beer and stuff. But uh, I have several friends from work that the only thing they drink are Pilsners. And uh, that's, that's, the, that's the style they prefer. And I'm not talking American domestic Pilsners. I'm talking they enjoy good, you know, imports and they enjoy Pilsners that are, that are made in the U.S., you know, craft brewery stuff. And that's all they enjoy drinking. Uh, so it's like John said, yeah, you know what? If you're new to craft beer, why not give this beer a try for sure? This is probably, if I had to, to rate Czech Pilsners, if I just rated the Czech Pilsners that I've had, this would be number one, probably. Number two, maybe. There's one other Czech Pilsner. I, I don't remember which who made it, but was pretty good. This would probably be number two. Uh, but typically, Czech Pilsners are the ones I hate the most. And why? Because they have a very high mineral flavor usually associated with them. They're very dry, and they're, they've got a very – I mean, the finish is very dry, and they typically have a very high minerally – I call it graphite – like you're eating graphite pencil lead uh, flavor to me. And I don't like that finish. Um, this one does not have that at all, which uh, makes me happy. It makes me think that... It could that be the water. It could be the, the water. In the water source. Yeah, it, it could be the water. It could be... I mean, so, yeah, you know what? I would recommend this for new new people to craft beer. Why not? Go give it a shot. It's a limited release, so you got to go get it quick. I'll, you know what? But it's not really a limited release. They say this is a seasonal I mean, a, a year round, but yeah, it is a year round. Um, but you know, uh, lagers take longer to that's true uh, ferment and condition, so it's going to probably come out less frequently than the IPA and everything else. So it may seem a little seasonal because okay. it's probably going to be there and gone, yeah. and there and gone again. Okay, but, You're, uh, yeah, good point. Good point. Um, we already mentioned the glassware. Uh, I think any glassware will be, will be fine, but if you really want to enjoy the bubbles, especially in this beer, because this one has seems to have more carbonation than most of the Pilsners I drink, hey, enjoy it in a nice Pilsner or fluted glass. You know, you got those bubbles, you might as well enjoy seeing them rush to the top of the beer. <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I say. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that this is an average rating um, hey, you know, it's not a bad beer. It's not, a, in my opinion, a great beer. It's a beer that, hey, it's drinkable. Let your buddy pay for it, and you'll be happy. What about you, John? Uh, I think if if we were doing this tasting in July in my house with no air conditioning, I think I, I would probably rate it higher than I am <laughs> right now um, because I, I think I could drink the crap out of this in the summer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's not something I generally keep around, um, but that's more indicative of the style than anything else. I, you know, my kind of just go-to drink a beer is, is going to be more like a pale ale than a, than a Pilsner. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I could, I could definitely see keeping a six-pack of this around uh, for folks that maybe don't want my pale ale. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, maybe I should – you know what? Maybe I should – I'm going to rate it in between the average and memorable. I'm going to say it's one that, that, Hey, when you, when you're having a party, Hey, throw a six pack in your cooler or your, or your fridge for those people that, you know, don't want your hoppy beer. You know, this is a good alternative. It's, it's a good, easy drinking, especially like John said, summertime. 
Yeah, I could I could probably pound a few of these in summertime for sure. For sure. And it's only 6% alcohol, so it's not like it's, you know, crazy. Although that's pretty good. <laughs> All right, yeah. well. Oh, go ahead, John. Uh, just agreeing. Pretty pretty solid alcohol content. Yeah, yeah. what it is, so. All right, well, hey, we already mentioned that I don't know what the malts are in it. I'm assuming it's going to be a Pilsner malt and, and probably, what do you think else in there? Crystal malts or what do you? Uh, no, no, there wouldn't be any crystal. Okay. So these are actually straight, um, straight Pilsner malts. Straight Pilsner? Okay. So we're going to say straight Pilsner mops. mops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I need to cut back on my beer. but I, I don't I don't want the, the beer that was brewed with Pilsner mops. <laughs> yeah. And, and the hop, they did tell us the hop is a size, which is what we mentioned during the hop segment, that size is definitely a... Uh, you know, a hop for uh, pilsners for German pilsners. So, yeah, it's part of that noble hop, noble hop uh, family. Yeah. Excellent. So. All right. Well, we want to thank all of you listeners for enjoying this beer along with us, and we hope that you were able to gain some kind of uh, knowledge about this beer and about beer tasting in general on on what you're tasting as you're drinking a beer. And we welcome you to join us in uh, next month when we have our next tasting, which John. We're going to do an IPA, but have you picked the IPA yet? No. <laughs> okay. That, so, that was my, that was my uh, job. That, totally that was John's that. job. So. Stay tuned next episode when we announce what the IPA for episode uh, 19 will be. Yeah, we'll, we'll announce it next episode and keep an eye on Twitter. We'll throw it up there as well. Okay. Probably before the next episode. Awesome. So. Excellent. All right. Well, hey – now we're moving on. We're going to quickly go over one. We have a couple of news articles, but we're running short on time. But I wanted to briefly, quickly mention one article. This is just came out today. Uh, the Brewers Association released their numbers as far as how craft beer is doing in the in the beer industry. And John sent me a link from the Washington Beer Blog that uh, is basically it's the link is uh, craft beer reaches new heights enjoying 11% market share and uh, i'm just going to hit the high notes here the high notes are uh the total beer market only grew half a percent in 2014 so we didn't the, the beer market didn't lose anything but it did gain half a percent the good news is craft beer is now up from what they were 10% last year is that right uh, 7.9. Oh, 7.9% last year. They're up to 11% of the market, of the of the full beer market. Craft beer is 11%. We went up a, a, a good number there. That's five, almost 5, well, 3%, 3 point some percent. That's a pretty good growth. But here's here's the kicker. Um, and I just lost what I was going to say. Craft beer... Uh, increased 19%, right? The craft beer market, the actual craft beer brewers, they increased 19% when the overall, uh, you know, in increase was only 0.5%. That means we gained a lot of market share uh, against the, the domestic brewers, the, the big big boys. Uh, and that's that's pretty exciting. That means we're, I mean, we're on our way to 20%. Uh, I can see, I mean, if we went up 3% in one year and we're only growing, I mean, we're growing pretty good. In fact, the number of breweries that opened last year, 19% increase uh, over the 2013 in the U.S., that's 
that's almost a 20% increase just in the amount of breweries. Of the 3,464 total breweries in the U.S., um, there's now 46 that are other than craft breweries. So craft brewing is booming. And as these craft breweries start to, you know, expand and get bigger and get their their beers out to more people, it's just going to keep growing. And I, I'm excited. This is just uh, an article that uh, is exciting for craft beer lovers that, that hey, big beer, you know what, they may need to start worrying a little bit more about the craft beer industry. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned that the, like, 3% increase this year, and I've been trying to figure out, you know, what kind of triggered that, because we, we, we've been growing a ton of breweries every year um, for the last few years, I mean, um, and that 3% growth kind of matches uh, the growth from the last three or four years. Um, we were at 5% in 2010 and, you know, 7.8% in 2013. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah, is it, uh, the Brewers Association put out a great uh, infographic uh, for this, which was uh, linked in the in the article. And you know, I wonder. You know, we mentioned Lagunitas opening the brewery in Chicago. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of of the bigger breweries that have done this um, yeah. over the last year or so. I know Sierra Nevada opened up. Yeah. Uh, you know, Asheville has opened up. Um, I think two or three of these kind of satellite breweries. For yeah. these bigger brewers, yeah. and I, New, New know, some of them are are basically going from a million barrels where they uh, were initially to another million or half million out here. So that that's going to be a huge jump, and I wonder if that kind of accounts for for some of this increase um, that were, or large increase that we're seeing. Yeah, because um, you know the nineteen percent in in breweries that are increase in breweries that are opening, those breweries aren't putting out that much beer. No, no. Um, so that they they're not accounting for that nineteen percent jump, even though those numbers nicely match. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But it's it's definitely encouraging, and if you followed craft beer for any amount of time, you'll you'll know that you know uh, craft brings a community, and collectively they've been pushing towards this ten percent barrier, hitting this double digit number mm-hmm. for a long time, and you know it it finally is happens come to fruition and you know i get i think now they're they're targeting 20 percent. i think you mentioned um so I, I i mean it's exciting i mean that we're eating eating up the market share from from the macro and you know there's just a ton of options out there so yeah. great great time to be a, a craft beer lover yeah i agree i agree it was it's exciting new i always look forward to this uh this time of year when they announced the previous year's uh, numbers and in fact I, I, I haven't seen the, the, the Brewers Association should be releasing the number of or the capacity and the of, of the you know the, they'll have some more numbers coming out here shortly about the, the top craft brewers and what they're producing and you know how much uh, you know how much beer and everything and how much money and that's great I just I enjoy it because I just like seeing uh, seeing which breweries are doing, you know, are doing expansions and which are doing well, and which I can expect to see in my area hopefully soon. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the important thing. Is the the bigger, the more they expand, the more I can I can get here. Yeah, it's it's more of a selfish look at yeah. the numbers. Yeah, that's, that's what matters. <laughs> that's what matters. All right. Well, hey, we have another article. We'll save for next uh, episode. It's not uh, mission critical, so we'll go ahead and we'll save that. But. Uh, because we're running a little long. Hey, John, 
Uh, it's that time of the show where we get to recognize uh, special people, whether they're uh, people on uh, our listeners or our family or friends or whatever. Is there anyone you want to raise your glass to? Uh, yeah, I want to you know thank Tim and Robert for sending in the questions. We really appreciate it, and uh, you know love getting them and uh, keeping the dialogue going. We interact a lot on Twitter with all, all these folks, so you know join join the conversation and uh, let's let's keep talking beer. Yeah, uh, and then you know the other is a buddy of mine, Wes, who's listens to the show and has been sending us uh, feedback via email. Um, and, and a few topic requests that, that we'll <laughs> start working in now that we've finished our uh, kind of brewing and brewing in, ingredient uh, series here. Yes, so. yes, yes. That's it for me. All right, yeah. I also want to just thank uh, yeah both Tim and Robert for their questions. Great questions. Keep them up. Uh, we appreciate the support. Also, Wes, uh, I do appreciate your emails and your feedback. It's always welcome. And your your we have two topics that you provided that John and I are going to hit. Uh, hit them hard and and get some get some information out there for for all of us and and one of them is gonna you know might even affect me so that that'll be good I need to learn something too uh, <laughs> I I want to raise my glass to a new a newfound uh, buddy on Twitter that I found and he actually has a a podcast it's uh, not necessarily a podcast focused on beer but it's focused on entertainment. Uh, the geek lifestyle kind of thing, you know, movies, games, uh, you know, music, you know, and beer. And the important thing is he focuses a little bit on beer. And uh, this is Jason Lacey from the Flexdepose.com uh, podcast. Uh, I just got introduced to him last week, and I listened to a couple of his podcasts. I really enjoy what I heard, a very well-produced uh, show. And he also does a, a segment during the show and it's not every show. It's it's. I think it's every month they do a, uh, a a battle of the beer segment. Basically, they're taking two beers of a certain style and they're each tasting and they're giving their you know each each person they have two. Lucas is also on there his his buddy, and they take two beers. They each bring one to the show and they taste each other's beer. They rate it and they talk about what they're experiencing. Kind of like what John and I do here, but we only use one beer because we're not in the same. Uh, you're not sitting in the same room. If we were sitting in the same room, this show would be a whole lot different. For one thing, we'd and probably... a lot more drunk. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> a whole lot more drunk, for sure. But, uh, I, hey, I really uh, enjoy their show. I want to just recommend them. Go out there. I want to raise my glass to them for one thing, for, hey, promoting craft beer, for doing a great podcast, for befriending me and John. Well, at least me. I don't know. Probably we'll, we'll befriend you here too shortly, John. Uh, and and commenting on uh, on Twitter and and our newfound friendship. Hey, cheers! Uh, yeah, Battle of the Beards on YouTube. Also, fluxopposed.com. You can find a leak right there. Really good, well done video. So you can check it out. Uh, I, and one more impromptu uh, toast I want to do is to my buddy Ben Shawnier from uh, from the uh, Beaverton, Oregon area. Uh, he asked a question on Twitter. He said, hey, there's this beer. It's a Saison, and it's it's actually got a wax seal on it. It says, am I supposed to age this or what? And typically, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not a, a, an expert on Saisons, but I typically drink my Saisons fresh because I, I think a lot of the flavors can – they're subtle flavors. And the good Saisons, in my opinion, are the ones that have a very subtle flavor. 
And those subtleties can be lost if you if if a beer gets too old. And um, he said, "Hey, this thing is wax sealed. Should I age it or should I drink it fresh?" And I did a little research because I didn't want to, I didn't want to tell him the wrong thing, but I wanted to check out this beer to make sure that there wasn't any kind of special yeast put in there, or, you know, any kind of conditioning that was supposed to make it better over time. But it turns out that, yeah, I don't think this beer really should have been wax sealed. I think it should have been drank uh, fresh. It was uh, a beer that they just decided to make it look fancy. Um, so I wanted to, to do a little toast to Ben for, hey, reaching out to us and getting information so that he can make sure he drinks his beer uh, the best he can. What do you think, John? Was was I correct, or, or can you... Uh, should he have aged that hop, uh, whatever beer that stays on that hop? Uh, Hopworks Urban. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I also tend to drink mine fresh, um, but it, I had forgotten about this interaction, and I thought you were going a different direction oh. and, and saying, uh, sorry for your loss, so his, his three-year-old broke his oh. TV. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Ben. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't want to bring up that bad news. I was trying to be be positive. Uh, you're, Don, uh, John, you're such a downer, man. It's supposed to be a, hey, a toast. Hey, I'm, I'm having a beer for him. Okay. <laughs> I'm raising my glass to hopefully a new purchase to a new 60 inch TV to you, Ben. <laughs> and you always love your kids, even though they really make life difficult sometimes. Yeah, but check the prices on the open market. You never know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on with the the closing of the show. I hey, I want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. They provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com. Please go out there and find all the other great shows that are available on on this network. Uh, also, being a former serviceman, I just want to raise my glass. I want to thank all of those who have served and who are currently serving in the US military service for protecting our freedoms, and I really hope that you guys can return home safely very soon. And if you would like to contact the show, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter. We're at tapthecraft, and you can leave comments on the show post on openforumradio.com or even on Google+. Even though Google+, is pretty much dead, just search for tapthecraft. You can follow me personally on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw and on Google Plus at Denny Loose. And John, how can listeners follow you? On Twitter, I'm at Prime Brewing. On Untapped at uh, Prime WA. And I write about uh, beer and homebrewing at homebrewengineer.com. Excellent. All right. Well, it's last call and it's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show, and we hope you were able to find something useful, and we welcome you to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. And that's it for this episode. Now remember, friends don't let friends drink light yellow fizzy beer. Quality craft beer can be enjoyed by all. So spread the word and convert the beer ignorant. Hey, you opened it before we were ready. Sorry. <laughs> you said we were going to be back ready to, to taste, so I was trying to get my beer ready. Okay. All right.
I, I misunderstood. No apologize. problem. No problem. All right, we're going to start. I've got another bottle here that I can pop open. No, no, no. I don't want you to get drunk tonight. Come on. you got to get some sleep. What? <laughs> All right. Well, Yummy uh, yeast poop. Yeast poop. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm so behind in my podcast, I haven't seen the title episode yet. <laughs> I just read it for the first time. <laughs> I was trying not to laugh <laughs> your last little bit there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had to come up with a, with a oh. interesting name to catch people's interest. So I thought Yummy Yeast Poop was the, the right thing. I think that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> you got my interest. <laughs> I, I think we are actually international. I think we have uh, listeners in... Uh, well, I know I have Ariel in Israel. There we go. That's all you need. Yeah, and I think... Let me see, world. Yeah, we've got... Uh, holy, Netherlands has uh, 27... Netherlands has uh, 27 downloads. The UK has 14. Israel has 13. Kenya has 7. Austria, Australia has 4. Saudi Arabia has 3. One of those things is not like the others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, we're, we're international. I could change it to international because we've got yeah. uh, a few downloads from, uh, from outside the U.S. And of course, the U.S. is our major downloader. Yeah, she was pissed at me that I drank green beer without her today. Oh my gosh, she <laughs> was. Get some uh, food coloring out and stick it in her oh own Oh my mission. gosh, she. I. I kid you not. I got home, and for an hour I didn't hear her stop. Getting you know talking about the damn. You had green beer without me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I like. I like how you re- held yourself back from saying the word you wanted to say. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> did did she? Did she follow you on something that she knew, or did you mention it or something? Like, how did it even come up? I, I accidentally mentioned it. I told her I told her I was going for beers. I didn't say green beer, because that's her thing. She wants to do green beer. Wow. And I always told her, no, I don't like green beer, because normally green beer is crappy beer with green color in it. But but last yeah. two years, they've had good Deschutes beer with green coloring in it, so it's a good beer. And I didn't tell her last year, which I forgot I didn't tell her. I think she had to work late, and so I went and I had the same beer. I think I think it was a wet hop, or the fresh squeezed. And uh, I didn't tell her it was green last year. This year I slipped and said, "Oh yeah, I had green beer." And she's like, "What? You had green?" And I said, "I had it last year too." And she's like, "What?" So, yeah. Uh, and uh, there's really no sympathy for you then. I know you, you dug your own grave here. I did. I just need to. I I need to be more deceitful. I'm just not good at being deceitful. I'm the same way. <laughs> like, this is something I'll keep to myself. That, you know, fast forward an hour where I'm just completely spilling it all out there. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what happens when we're when I'm open to my wife and I tell her everything. I yeah. I, I'm actually shocked yeah. that I didn't tell her about the green beer last year. I held it for a whole year before I told her. That's amazing. <laughs> 
Shayward from Open Forum Radio here. want to go ahead and take a second to say thank you for checking out this episode of Tap the Craft. And I would like to encourage each of you to check out some of the other shows that we have here on the Open Forum Radio Podcast Network. Uh, we'll start it off with the original Open Forum Radio, The 40 Cast, Prove Your Point, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, My Peanut Gallery, The Married Gamers, Some Other Castle, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Just Press Start, Platform Junkies, and Jobbers on the Mic. Hey, be cool. Give a great review to all the shows you like on iTunes, Podbay, Stitcher, everywhere you can give reviews. Review every show five times, and you are officially a good listener. Also, go ahead and visit openforumradio.com, links to all the different shows. Uh, like the Open Forum Radio Facebook page, and... Uh, Take a second, if you like playing games online and with people and are cool, to uh, go ahead and look at Zabari's Gamer Information Spreadsheet. Fully useful information that will do nothing but enhance your online gaming experience. Alright folks, take it easy. Have a good day.